Welcome to the Pacific Forest Foundation's Talking Timber, where each week you meet the professionals behind the Northwest timber industry. Hi, and welcome. I'm Chris Bivens, filling in for Diane Mettler. This week, we'll be speaking with Wendy Ferrand, a professional writer and speaker, about her experiences in the timber industry. First, I want to thank our sponsors, the Pacific Logging Congress and the Pacific Forest Foundation, who are dedicated to providing sound technical education about the forest industry. This year, the Pacific Forest Foundation is involved in a variety of educational programs, like its Adopt-A-High School program, an apprenticeship program with loggers and high school students. You can check out that program and others at www.pacificforestfoundation.org. Also, we want to thank our sponsors, Timber West Magazine and Logging and Sawmilling Journal. You can subscribe now for free just by going to their website, www.forestnet.com. Okay, now let's hear from Wendy and how she got involved in the industry. Well, I think I'm probably the only person on the entire planet that left corporate training to go into logging. <laughs> so <laughs> that's what I like to say when, um, I, uh, when people ask me, like, how did this happen? And uh, what happened was I was working at Dale Carnegie Training as a corporate um, consultant. You know, we sold all types of training. And um, we got a call from a logging company and I went on that sales call and I just couldn't stop thinking about logging. <laughs> and I basically went back after going back to my cubicle and I went back to the owner and I said, I think I can buy timber. I think I can work for you and, and you know, do a good job for you. And he thought about it for a few days. I guess he he um, conferred with people that he trusted and he hired me as a procurement manager. And that's how I got started um, working in the logging industry. And I just loved it. And what I realized when I got involved was I realized that loggers did not get the same types of things that, you know, corporate America mm -hmm. got. They they just didn't. So I started um, designing presentations based on those tried and true human relation principles and geared them. This was after I had worked in the woods for a while, but I geared them, you know, towards loggers and helping them in the woods with some of those soft skills of management that, you know, that we were basically selling to corporate America. Mm -hmm. Um, yeah, and that's how I got started. And just uh, Mike Beardsley, who at the time was the um, executive director of the Professional Logging Contractors of Maine, he hired me to speak. And then it just started to take off like that. And um, a writer at heart, I've been writing and I'm pretty much written in every um, logging publication, I've been published in every publication. So I just, you know, I just, that's how it happened, really, truly. And I just got bit by the bug and, and stayed and stayed working with loggers. And then after um, I got off, I, I went to work for the Professional Logging Contractors of Maine as their director of communications. And then 
Eventually, I went out on my own with the mission statement of strengthening the people side of timber harvesting. Okay, what, what, so what made you decide to be a procurement manager? Well, when as opposed, I, as opposed to running a feller buncher or right, right. Well, when I went and spoke with their um, their forester at the time, and and when you when you think about the sales process. And really, in essence, I had like a little epiphany. I'm like, really, you're trying to sell, um, you know, a small landowner the idea of cutting their timber. Mm -hmm. So, um, and I had had up till that point, I had had, you know, success in sales. And that's basically how I approached the okay. job. I knew nothing about forestry at <laughs> all. The whole feeling of being on a logging crew and working with a logging crew, of course, you have to prove yourself first, mm -hmm. which I did. And, um, you know, prove that you're willing to do any of the things that, you know, as far as, you know, stay out in the elements here yeah, and, yeah. and stuff like that. Um, I I've cut one tree in my life. <laughs> by pushing <laughs> by pushing a button on a you know on a processor and I've I won a chainsaw which all the guys got mad about because <laughs> I could barely you know killed my back but um I just loved it I just loved being in the woods I loved um being a part of that you know crew and keeping everybody working and and then I just started, um, I created a, a series of presentations that I call the people side of timber harvesting. Mm -hmm. And it just really focuses on strengthening employee engagement and leadership skills. And um, that's how I started traveling around the country. And, um, and that's how I made all the friends I did on the West Coast. I've, you know, I traveled to British Columbia. My first speaking engagement was in Bend, Oregon, and I've been to Idaho and for in Nevada for California mm -hmm. loggers. I've been all around and um, have a lot of good friends out there. Okay. So, so what are you working on now? I mean, I've always done writing for people. Mm -hmm. I've always, um, I've written for Forest Machine Magazine out of the UK. I've written for, um, you know, for, uh, Timber Harvesting Magazine, which that, you know, some of my things were published in mm -hmm. Timber West and all geared around, you know, the soft skills of management and strengthening employee engagement. So what I've been doing um, the past couple of years, I've been doing a lot of writing for team safe trucking. And it aligns with my mission statement, you know, because I made the commitment when I left working in the woods to always you know, accept jobs based on my mission statement, which people are supposed to do. You align your work with what you believe. And I, um, they are strengthening the forest products chain by offering up online training for people in our industry to get their CDLs. So I've been writing for Team Safe Trucking, writing courses for, you know, you take the regulations and you you make them enjoyable, basically. Mm -hmm. Sure, yeah. <laughs> so, yeah, so that's what I've been doing as of late is that, is that um, plus I have a couple uh, um, 
you know, when I, when I was speaking and traveling before COVID hit, I would also accept um, speaking engagements in regular business environments with the, in, uh, where, when I would go in, I would talk about the, the value of, um, you know, sustainable forest management. Like I would find mm -hmm. a way to talk about logging or, and a lot of times I would give the same exact presentation using logging, um, print, you know, examples, which they found interesting and, and because they would get presentations that were just like, you know, typical yeah. corporate America examples. So, you know, one time I was given a presentation in, um, to, um, you know, hospital administrators and it was exactly using the examples and drawing that analogy. Cause in reality, the same things that happen on a landing for a logging crew happen in the executive boardroom mm -hmm. of an international company. And that, gives me the confidence when I talk about things because I have seen and drawn those analogies. I have seen the same things happen between vice presidents from around, <laughs> around yeah. the world. And it's the same issues, human relation issues. So mm -hmm. when um, I gave that one particular presentation, I'm thinking of in general, how to build a kick-ass crew couple of administrators came up and said, look, we want to get into logging. I'm like, I don't know, healthcare logging right now. I don't know, but it was interesting. And it, and I think it, it shows people that no matter what job you're working at, those same things, you know, human nature is mm, always. Sure. <laughs> so so I'm, I'm assuming it was pretty well received, but I mean, I, how well was it received going into the logging community, kind of talking to them about management styles? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I have a perfect story for that. Um, you know, I was, I became in charge of, you know, having our meetings. There weren't, you know, we're going to have regular meetings on the job, six o'clock, five 30 in the morning under the light of the slash or whatever. We're going to meet, we're going to have, you know, we're going to talk about last week. We're going to talk about, you know, how we can improve on that. You know, just a typical, very simple agenda to keep things Boy, it was not easy. Uh, <laughs> not easy at all. And one day, and I had one particular logger in particular who was really, really tough. Like to the point where he would look at the ground and kick rocks. And and one day he ran our chipper. And one day it was we had a meeting and it was particularly rough. And at the end of the meeting, I went up to him. I said, you know, Dave. I wouldn't even begin to tell you what you need to do with this chipper. I respect what you know about this chipper. I'm just asking you to give me that same respect because there are some things that I know that I think can help us here in the woods. And because he used to say stuff like meetings, meetings, just get the wood out. Yeah, yeah. You know, um, you know, communication. What's the big deal? You know, stuff like that. And literally at the end, when I was leaving, he came up to me. It was funny. I was on the job. I had given my notice. And uh, he came up to me and he said, I owe you an apology. I go, what'd you do, Dave? I thought he was talking about something that just happened. Mm -hmm. He said, no. He goes, you were right. I go, about what? He goes, about, and he really got choked up. He goes, about communication and those things. And I was like, Dave. And he like hugged me. And I was like, oh my <laughs> God, you know? <laughs> 
Um, yeah, because they begin, they did begin to see the difference. Mm. I mean, it took months before someone shared something, an employee, you know, the, the time for the crew to share. I mean, they mm-hmm. would just stare at me like, I'm not sharing anything. Finally, one person shared. And then after that, it was like, I had to like cut the time. Yeah. You know, okay, that's enough sharing. All right. <laughs> cut some trees. <laughs> so yeah, it worked out really well. Um, and, uh, you know, it's not easy to keep up with those things in any business. It's especially not easy in the logging business, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, but you can see good results from improving those lines of communication and making and allowing people to be heard mm-hmm. in any profession, you know. Hi, we're going to take a quick break to thank our sponsors, the Pacific Forest Foundation and the Pacific Logging Congress as well as Timberwest Magazine and the Canadian Logging and Sawmilling Journal. Due to the coronavirus, the 2020 PLC Congress has been moved to 2021, but that doesn't mean they won't be active and involved this year, promoting sound, technical forest education. Their annual auction will be virtual this year and held December 16th. To find out more, just visit www.pacificloggingcongress.org. Okay, now let's get back to Wendy. Um, and you said you did some talk about sustainability. Yes. Um, you know, uh, in 2016, when the American Loggers Council asked me to address, you know, how we could possibly attract more of the younger people into our industry, because you know that we have an aging mm-hmm. um, demographic. Um, I, I, you know, in doing my research for that presentation, I read this book, it's called Leaders Make the Future by Bob Johansson, and it was the second edition. And in there, he talks about the new economic driver being bioempathy. Now, that was a new thing, and now you see it everywhere. Mm-hmm. So um, what I was saying to the loggers at that time in my uh, presentation, Loggers for the Future, I said, you know, we need to talk to people outside of our industry about the good things that we're doing for the environment, you know, sustainably managing our forests that are, you know, one of our largest carbon sinks. So, you know, this new incoming generation does not want to work anywhere where they do not have a positive impact on the planet, on life, on society, you know. Um, So we need to... and it's not spinning, it's just sharing using, you know, I'm not asking you to say I'm not a logger, but loggers do good things for the environment when when they are sustainably managing mm-hmm. our forests. So um, that bio-empathetic message, you know, there are businesses that are grappling, you know, at this time in 2016, they're hiring, you know, uh, consultants to try to figure out what their bioempathetic message could be. And here we are working in an industry that is bioempathetic. Mm-hmm. Yeah, absolutely. So, you know, people are, you know, Lay's potato chips, they, you know, they're 
they're going to help people smile. You know, they're going to, so it's not, you know, I think in when it was the green movement, you know, initially the green jobs movement and that greenwashing stuff, it was all about writing a check. No, this is about walking the walk. This is about doing it. So we need to share that. I think as an industry as a whole, like as a, the forest products industry, we fall short of educating our outside consumers to, you know, how we approach getting that product to them. And, um, and you know, that, that was my big message. But I, I do see that happening more and more and more in our industry now. Um, more people are um, getting that message out and, and talking about mitigating climate change and mitigating wildfires and, and doing that. Hopefully, you know, it's a slow change, but hopefully it will stick. Mm -hmm. So, you know. Yeah, it seems it seems like that's that's getting out more. That's being more the story from a lot of people is is yeah, talking about the carbon sink and yeah. Yeah, and I think that's the best thing that loggers can do in working in the woods is educate your crews to carbon sequestration. I mean, in, mm -hmm. in, not that we all have to be gurus. I mean, it's not easy, um, you know, figuring all of that, you know, mathematical sure. stuff out. But to have a simple understanding of what that means and, and understand that, you know, the more green forests that are managed, the more working forests we have that are, you know, helping to to um, keep the earth breathing, you know, and mm -hmm. eating mm -hmm. the air that we breathe. So, um, Yeah, we, we have a friend who lives next door to a pretty big piece of acreage and they came and cut it all down uh, to put in a housing development. And it was interesting because he was pretty upset at the loggers. And we kept saying, you need to be upset at the developers. Right, right. After all, one of the top two causes of deforestation is development. And, and the average person doesn't hear that. You know, when I, I've never spoken to someone about, you know, uh, deforestation and and what that really is and about mm -hmm. sustainable forest management and have them say anything other than I never looked at it that way. And mm -hmm. that's where I feel like we need, you know, if you have a, a forest that's being logged and being, you know, sustainably logged and, and logged for, you know, managed for certain purposes, but still to this day, like, you know, down in Massachusetts and sometimes around here, not as much as Massachusetts, but, you know, they're, they'll come and chain themselves to, you know, an expensive, you know, an expensive piece of equipment that's yeah. so expensive because it's got the, you know, eco tracks and all this yeah, stuff yeah. for the environment. <laughs> and that logger's, you know, struggling to pay for it and you're stopping him. Yeah. <laughs> Is there anything that you think the industry should be doing to get younger people into it? Right. Um, yeah, I think that message that that message that if you come to work in the woods, you are helping to mm -hmm. mitigate wildfires and and you know um, mitigate climate change and and all those things that are that keep the force working to share with. I mean, it's in, you know, it really, 
many times in my life of working in the woods, I didn't get involved in logging till my late 40s. I felt sad that I didn't understand sooner because I would have spent my entire career, although there's the argument that I wouldn't have had the things that I brought into the industry, mm-hmm. but um, I, I, I feel sad sometimes that I didn't understand that. And one of the things that I did do when we were, because um, I, I, uh, the Northeast Loggers Association, we created a little program called the Shelterwood Project. And basically what we did was we got kids to come to the equipment show, explain to them what a harvest was. We did this down in Bloomsburg, Pennsylvania, brought the whole seventh grade class in, asked them, how many of you know a logger? None of them knew a logger. Ask them, how many of you um, uh, think that logging causes deforestation? And that was surprising to see how many kids thought that, right? Mm-hmm. So then we went through the whole thing. We had a, a operator. We had, you know, through the entire process from stump to the mill, we had representatives and we had a little cookie that we passed and we had each person, of course, I made a, you know, a slideshow and we had each person talk about their responsibility of getting that. We had a forester who took them through that whole process. And then at the end, we gave them sort of a, uh, a list, an equipment list to go out into the equipment show to find it like a treasure hunt sort of thing um, to go and find those pieces of equipment out there and see them up close and in person you know um so i think sometimes getting near equipment i mean not your average person or i should say average woman that walks on a logging job is probably thinking how can i get out of here without getting you know hydraulic or grease on me mm-hmm. um, you know whereas there are those few women and and probably more men but who get on a job and they don't want to leave you know mm-hmm. and they don't mind having hydraulic in the back of their truck and they <laughs> You know, and they like the smell of being on a logging job early in the morning and feel, you know, rejuvenated by it. So finding those people who would be an addition, I think, Mm -hmm. in those ways. And I know like out west, um, I know out um, at the Oregon Logging Conference um, there down in Eugene, the amazing amount of school buses that you see there. And that's exactly what happens. They get it's like getting bit by a bug you don't wake Mm -hmm. up and say gee i want to go be a logger i want to go you know i mean i'm sure it happens but i think you have to get a taste of the equipment and Mm -hmm. and the whole concept behind it you know um it's um it's interesting it's it's an interesting world and it's and 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 loggers are the best people to work with I mean, I've been parts of different types of teams, you know, sales teams and, and, you know, I just never felt as cared for and respected as when I was part of a logging crew. And Mm -hmm. I know a lot of people might, you know, like women be like, don't you, don't you be afraid, aren't you afraid being in the woods with all those loggers? I'm like, no, I feel much safer in the woods (laughs) you know i mean it's it's an amazing camaraderie it's an amazing it's an amazing feeling it's indescribable i think to be a part of a logging crew i really mean that from the bottom of my heart and i miss it daily i mean i i i do i and um 
I'm, I'm in touch with some of my old crew members and you know if there's a party or whatever like we get together and we tell those stories and we laugh and it's just it's it's like being a part of a family and you know that's really what the secret to a team is is feeling like you're part of a family that's what makes successful teams so i think that that's um you know that's something that is unique to logging that you know when you get stuck in a ditch and you get on the radio and call for help and you have three skitters coming to rescue you. <laughs> it's a unique feeling, you know? Absolutely. Uh, so is there any, anything I have not asked you that you would like to touch on? Well, one of the things that Diane had said, um, she had asked, uh, asked me to think about was a way that loggers could improve on safety in the woods okay and one of those and what had come to my mind when she had asked that question was the fact that you know we have all of our things in order you know ppes and separation of operation and you know studying statistics and trying to you know hold regular safety meetings and all that sort of stuff but one of the things that I always emphasize is mindfulness on the job and um, that improves employee engagement. So when, you know, logging contractors are in the woods working, knowing their crews and knowing if something's off with one of their crew members, mm -hmm. so knowing them well enough to know that something's off, because if you're working, move, you know, using equipment that can cause life, can cause death, you know, it can mm -hmm. be a matter of life and death. You really want to be in the moment. And it's far better to have someone get out of a piece of equipment and you yourself hop into it than have them be distracted by maybe a personal thing or something that's going on. And I know because I know loggers are tough and they mm -hmm. work through anything. And, you know, I, I know they don't like to call in sick. I know they like to work sick. <laughs> I know all those things. But in reality, if your mind isn't 100% focused on what you do, you are really risking. Mm -hmm. um, it, it, so to me, our greatest thing as far as safety goes, besides those things that we are required to do, is to be mindful and in the moment and use your brain and make sure that you're not afraid to say, look, I'm totally distracted. You know, I'm, you know, my wife's really sick or, you know, we're dealing with the, you know, issues with a child and I just don't feel safe, you know, right now. And um, when it comes to safety, along with all those things that we do to protect our equipment and our loggers and stuff on the job, I think it's really important to have mindfulness on the top of that. And as, you know, crew supervisors, knowing what's going on with your people can be the key to that. And that also, you know, employee engagement improves safety and production on the job anyways, you know? Mm -hmm. So, yeah. All kind, of, all kind of relates back to the, yeah, the employee engagement. And yeah. Good management. Yeah, exactly. Human, human nature is always predictable. That's the one thing. We want to thank our sponsors, the Pacific Forest Foundation, the Pacific Logging Congress, and Timberwest Magazine and Logging and Sawmilling Journal for making this podcast possible. And most importantly, we want to thank Wendy for taking the time to talk to us and being part of Talking Timber. Until next time, take care. <laughs>